and welcome to the Lost World Minute, the Minute by Minute podcast reviewing the 1997 sequel Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 38 of the Lost World. Dave, how you going? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. My uh, parents are doing tax stuff right now, so... Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just got mine out of the way last weekend, so... Fun times. <laughs> <laughs> Bert, come here. recognize this trackway? Yes, I do. Tyrannosaur. Okay, before we get into Minute 38 this week, uh, this past weekend we had uh, SDCC over there in uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. The uh, the mecca for all things collectible, geeky movies and uh, everything else. And of course, Chronicle Collectibles was there with their uh, Jurassic stand. Now, in the display we had some uh, returning items that we knew were coming. Um... The night vision goggles, Hammond's cane, uh, the breakout T-Rex was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or some of it, they didn't have the fence behind it. But um, there were some new things as well. Now, there'd been pictures coming out the last few weeks of them painting up a uh, one-fifth T-Rex full-size, yep. full-size maquette yeah. from uh, Jurassic Park. Now, we didn't we didn't actually think at the time that it was going to be a full production run. It was just something they were doing for fun. But, no, they're, uh, they're definitely doing it. It's um, a 150 oh, yeah. T-Rex. Uh, there's no price released yet, and it's massive. It's huge. Yeah, well, it, I think it's based on the... Uh, I think it's from the same mold as the 150 maquette from Stanwinson Studios. Mm-hmm. It's certainly shaped the same as it. Yep. Yep. Now, there has been some uh, debate over colour once again. Like mm-hmm. Most most people that are in the collecting market and uh, are on the forums and that and have seen what Chronicles brought out in the past have had... Uh, some have had issues, some haven't. I've, I've brought the Breakout T-Rex. I just paid for my last payment last Friday. So it is currently being shipped. Um, colour aside, it's, I just... The mold still looks good, um, and it's something Jurassic, so I've got yeah, that coming. Yeah, um, Manuel Unda of um, Jurassic Repaints, yep. Jurassic Park Repaints, I mean, and he's currently repainting, repainting a friend of ours, Breakout T-Rex, and it just looks magnificent, Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the sculpt is great, it's just unfortunately the paint isn't, yeah. but once that's been painted in a real, real nicely, it looks beautiful. Yeah, and I'd, I'd still, I've said before, I'd love if they um, released an unpainted version as well at, at a fraction of the price. Like, like the mm-hmm. breakout, the breakout Rex was uh, five forty-five or something, which ended up costing me nearly seven hundred dollars just to get it, um, just with the currency conversion and all that stuff. But I would have quite happily paid four hundred for it and then had paid another two four hundred dollars for someone to paint it. But um, mm-hmm. that's not how this sort of stuff works but um also in display they had a they had a one-fifth indominus rex as well i'm guessing it's one-fifth because it's dwarf and the breakout rex as well mm-hmm. um, yeah i'm not sure what scale it is but it looks beautiful yeah yeah and it's just it's odd they done it in some sort of uh attack or defense pose whereas the t-rex is just the maquettes like sitting there with its mouth half open like it's not Really, yeah, in any pose yeah. at all? No, it's in a very, in a very uh, plain kind of 
regular just kind of conceptual pose, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of conceptual, um, that would be that would also explain why the color is, is it is the uh, references that Chronicle uh, used references that Chronicle used were from the Lost World, and so when you see some of the introduction photos of it and some of the comparison photos of it, you can see that they used these uh, reference photos of the maquette that became the. It was made for the first film, but it went on to be. It, you, it was rejected and used later for the female for the Lost World, and that's why this maquette now looks has darker striping than the than Rexy and has a bit of a more orangish color because this maquette was not originally used for the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I wish... I, I'm just looking at some photos here that we got on the weekend. I haven't gone digging too deep into... Uh officially released Chronicle press release photos or anything like that, but it looks like there's a, a smaller, um, same size as the Breakout Rex, a T-Rex and Indominus in the fight scene, sort of similar to the, uh, like it was the Amazon exclusive Jurassic World DVD oh, yeah, yeah. box set. Um, yeah. yeah, well, they're unpainted for now, but right now um, they're going to be a uh, like Jurassic World final fight uh, set. Yep. Probably be... Uh, same as their most of their other stuff around 500, and so it's uh, the bad thing is that Chronicle is actually thinking of making Sue. Uh, I'm sorry, not Sue, Blue separate or not at all. And so I don't like that idea. I think that Blue should be part of that that set. Yeah. Oh, with the uh, with the Rex and Indominus. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Because one thing, yeah, one thing that wasn't here was their Owen and Blue, which is up now for purchase for 400 on their site, but it's not, uh, it wasn't on display here as much as I can see anyway. Um, there's two, there's two human figures standing there on that second shelf too that I can't see. One looks like they're dressed in black, but I oh, reckon... That, they might be producing an Ian Malcolm, I think I did hear that, yes. Yeah, I know they want to do the whole cast, but you'd think if they'd done a Malcolm, someone would definitely take a photo of it. <laughs> Instead of, instead of this big group photo, but uh, other things we can see. One new addition here that uh, I haven't seen before is uh, the sick Triceratops laying on its side. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the sculpt looks magnificent. It looks yeah. like it's keeping sort of keeping to scale with the Breakout Rex, which I'd hope they do with a lot of these figures, just so if you're going to have them all displayed on the shelf, they sort of all match size-wise with each other. Now, to some, of course, like the, the one-fifth stuff that won't, but... Mm-hmm. The breakout, uh, I'm not saying the breakout, the sick triceratops is actually a um, cast uh, from Julian Romero's uh, painstakingly sculpt, uh, sculpted sick triceratops, which was, which the, uh, Chronicle asked to borrow the mold for. So that's where that's coming from, and it's going to be, I think the show, Photoshop pictures I saw of it, it shows that it's going to be. It's going to be the uh, dirty version. It's not going to be the clean animatronic version. Yeah, and I one thing to sort of keep in mind is these are prototypes at the moment. Um, yeah. Or, or production photos. We all know that uh, colours do change, so they might do something different with it. But it's good to see. There's no, It's not listed up on their website yet, so I don't know how much it's going to be. It's probably going to be another $500 piece as well, even though it's only half a dinosaur. But... <laughs> 
And the other thing they've got here on display is the uh, the free baby raptors, the one to one raptors that all come in a set. Now I'd mm-hmm. sort of I'd sort of uh, hovered on the outside with these, contemplating getting them or not. And I don't know if there was a color change or the original photos I seen were just again prototype colors. But I thought the uh, their main color was that olive drab sort of color. Um, but it was only when I got oh, on their no, website. They were originally, um, they were originally that kind of sandy beige. Yeah, yeah. Well, I realised that when I went to the website, and now I'm, I'm holding off. There's, there's these and another statue that was at SDCC that I really want to get. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't quite hit the, uh, hit the purchase button on the baby raptors yet. More so priceless, 650 so it's going to be nearly $900 by the time I get them here. <laughs> Which is a big commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the other some of the other stuff on their site too, like they got the one-to-one Raptor bus for 1200 And the T-Rex female bus is still there for 750 But um, Yeah, it's a deep rabbit hole that you can uh, run down. When, collect, when collecting your stuff, like um, some stuff, like the uh, like Hammond's Cane, for instance, there are other um, options out there on eBay. They're gonna cost you around the same amount, so it just comes down to what you think looks better. I know some people prefer a functional cane. I don't. If I'm paying four hundred dollars, I'm not using it as a cane <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's, it's going straight in behind glass. Yeah, the cane. This may sound blasphemous, but I never liked that much that the cane much of a as a prop. I don't know. It always seemed kind of impractical to me. Like that top, like the uh, amber topper was always just waiting to just fall off. Yeah, it'll break away because it's not. There's no. Well, it's only glued on, really. There's no yeah. bolt going through it or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, when I had some spare cash, I um. I jumped on the Barbasol can before I was ever thinking about the cane, mm-hmm. and I'd probably think Uh-oh. about I'd probably think about the night vision goggles again before I thought about the cane as well. Mm-hmm. Now, some interesting stuff that I know fans have talked about wanting to see is, for example, I remember talking to a friend of mine. He said he wanted he would love to see a diorama, a small diorama of the when from the first movie when the T Rex smashes through the tree chasing after the jeep. Yep. And I, that would that would look really cool. That would that would look really cool. And that was like one of the hardest effects that they did with the first movie. And then one that I would personally like to see would be the um, well the, and this is going into a later minute, the T Rex uh, strapped down in that uh, cage thing, you know? Yeah. Yep. From Lost World, and that would that would be a cool like a little desktop piece, you know. Mm. Well, it'd be a it'd be a big <laughs> desktop piece, but um, it would be a, it would be a nice little thing from the Lost World to do, and yeah, I don't imagine it being too hard, um, especially now they've got they've pretty much got the Rex mold down, mm-hmm. um, color aside, but no, but I mean that's another thing is that with that particular piece, there's not a lot of the Rex there. So basically, it's mostly just a mold of the blanket going over the T-Rex inside that little metal cage. And if they did it in something like, say, the same size as the breakout T-Rex, 
or maybe a little smaller. I think that would make, that would make like a nice little fine desktop piece. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you'd uh, you'd have people building the uh, the deck of adventure for it to sit on <laughs> in the display too. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be actually be a pretty cool diorama piece. Would be the SS Venture smashing into the dock. You know? Stop taking up all my display space, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. The whole thing was a miniature. We'll get to it when we get there in, the min- in a later minute. But um, it was all a little miniature prop, so it's possible yeah, it can be done. They weren't little, exactly. When you look at the thing, it's like a 10-foot prop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, anything else from SDC you want to talk about before we uh, get into this week's minute? Yeah, I think we're good. Radio. As we ended minute 37 of the Lost World, Dieter and Carter in the outrigger had caught up to a parasol office and after extending the jeep outwards and shot it with a tranquilizer dart. As we start minute 38 of the Lost World, Dieter yells easy and jumps out of the outrigger. At 37 minutes and 7 seconds, he yells go for the legs, the legs, watch the tail as snaggers surround the animal and try and get a noose over its head. At 37 minutes and 10 seconds, the command jeep quickly pulls to a stop. Rowan and Ludlow jump out and look in awe at the large animal that's about to be captured. At 37 minutes and 20 seconds, one hunter attempts to throw a net over the animal's head, in which it ducks. The animal then raises its head and swings around to the right, taking two hunters that had got snares around its neck with them. They fly in a big arc and touch back down, safely on the ground. While this is happening, another group of hunters managed to get two ropes onto the animal's legs, and with one swift pull, pull the legs out from the animal, and it hits the deck hard. At 37 minutes and 31 seconds, as the animal hits the deck, we cut to Sarah Harding looking for binoculars up on the rock outcrop. This team's not impressed by what they've just seen. At 37 minutes and 46 seconds, we cut to a puddle in the ground. RJ's head slowly comes on the screen in a reflection. The camera pans across to Roland's reflection, also in the puddle, and we realise that it's not a puddle at all, but in fact a T-Rex footprint. At 37 minutes and 58 seconds, Roland yells over his shoulder, Burke, come here. We cut to Robert Burke, kneeling on the ground in front of Dieter Stark. He gets to his feet and runs to Roland's side. And this ends minute 38 of The Lost World. Alright, so as we left off minute 37, Dieter jumps out of his jeep, He's passed by a handful of hunters that just climbed out of one of the unimogs that had been following, and they uh, run to the animal's side. He's yelling to them, go for the legs, the legs, watch the tail, and the command jeep flies to a stop behind him, uh, brakes mm-hmm. heavily, Roland and Ludlow jump out. Um, again, they've robbed wearing seatbelts, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Ludlow's just looking there, mouth open, stunned, yeah. disbelief at the animal in front of him. Yeah, he's gaping at it. I don't think he's seen the dinosaurs before, actually. Before this moment, before the hunting, I don't think he's actually seen them. Yeah, well, it'd really only be stories from Hammond. I'm sure, even in 93, and a lot of the um, promotional stuff for Jurassic Park had, uh, in-universe in, in stuff, had Kodak as a sponsor, so you've got to imagine that there's photos, at least, um... InGen would have to have a, a secret file or something at the headquarters of oh, of, sure, um, but... of that. But again, like photos don't do yeah, exactly. don't do justice. They don't do it justice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's there in stunned disbelief. Um, 
like again the realization that uh these things are here they're real and in the paris mm-hmm. case they're, they're big and we uh cut back to the para being surrounded by the hunters uh ducks its head there's a net thrown over the top of it <laughs> someone's tried to f- i don't know if it was an, a, a net launcher or someone's just thrown it i didn't hear any um guns going off so no i didn't either i think it's just some hunter thought oh, i'll just throw this little net over it it's it's uh, it's almost it's just as amusing as in the Jurassic World when one of the hunters shoot the net net launcher at the front of the IREX while they're trying mm-hmm. to capture it. It's like, yeah, okay, you're uh, you're outgunned and you're out you're outsourced here. Yeah. Um, but it's just again one of those little little details that I've uh, missed watching it on the small screen. And we've got somehow two hunters have already got snares over its head. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the animal rises up and turns to the right, uh, picks the two hunters up and sends them on a bit of a swing yeah. before they land safely back down on their feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, with the pole, that almost reminds you um, reminds you of those that children's pole that where they go and swing around it, you know? Mm. Yep. But then we get the um, hunter, the hunters bringing it down, and then you, you can notice that when they... Uh, kind of just snap it down to onto the ground. One of the hunters is still looking up in the air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> in the back there. Yeah, it's a it's a funny scene. There's a lot going on. Um, because uh-huh. a lot of the times you're sitting there watching those guys fly. Um, uh-huh. and a lot of the times that's what I've been watching. But if you actually watch what the hunters are doing, as uh, it lifts its head and picks the other two up and sends them for a swing, the hunters are actually running underneath it. Tying ropes to its legs and getting back out of the way before uh, mm. before the guys hit the ground again on the ropes, but um, and they do a big a big yank and pull the feet out from underneath it. Yep. Um, Stern reactions from the uh, from Malcolm's team. Yeah, yep. The sad the sad grumpy faces or Eddie's got a frowny face, I say. Yep. Um, like a big tiny face too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sort of even Sarah, she's looking through binoculars and uh, sort of looking upset about it. Um, yeah, she looks unhappy. I mean, Kelly's Kelly sort of isn't quite sure what she's looking at. <laughs> she's just got a bit of a uh, bit of a bland look on her face. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely been a uh, a talking point. A lot of people, when you bring up the Lost World or the uh, going in and getting the animals, it's um, the cruelty shown here. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really see it as being that cruel. Um, again, we've said before they're not going to be trying to damage or purposely damaging the animals before they get shipped back to San Diego. It's sort of no different to wrangling a steer or something, pulling it to the ground. It's probably better than sticking another dart in into them. Yeah, just yep. because you don't know what that second dart's going to do. The two yeah. darts, you know, I put the T Rex in a coma, so mm. you know, and a. Paris Rallatus is of similar size, but of lesser weight. Yeah, yep. You, you could say there's more of a... Uh, there'd be more emotional damage here at this point where you've had just the vehicles come on on scene and uh, racing around the herd and sort of scaring the animals in, in all directions. But Yeah. Um, because, they, again, a lot of these animals would have been infants, if that, when uh, people were there last, um, as we get from Burke in a little minute, in a bit here. But um, it's also good too. One thing I hadn't noticed before is this whole scene happens with uh, Ludlow standing in the foreground, just so you got that scale as well. Um, mm-hmm. As uh, the hunters are swung and the the paras brought down, 
and we get a little bit of the sad music as we cut to uh, the other group still sitting up on the rock watching the uh, action happen. Mm-hmm. And then we get a nice transition into a footprint with some water in it, and RJ's face slowly sort of peering into the uh, footprint, which I thought was very mm-hmm. well done. It's sort of it's sort of reminiscent of the uh, what we see of the T Rex footprints at Jurassic Park with the uh, T Rex escape. Um, mm-hmm. No impact, no impact ripples in the water, but uh, when you see that um, that footprint, it, it brings back. Yes, that's right. We do have T Rex here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you look closely, uh, and we can talk more about this in the next minute, or when they do that pan back and they're all arched over that footprint, you can see uh, baby footprints. Oh. Baby friends, yeah. If you look closely, that's that's interesting. If that's the case, because uh, Roland says later on when we get to the nest that the baby's young, probably never even left a nest. But this would confirm that it's at least gone out to the uh, out to the game trail and back on a yeah. wander. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the baby's also learning how to kill at this point. Yeah, the father's teaching him how to kill live prey, so it would make sense that he's bringing. Or half dead prey back to the back to the infant to kill, you know. Mm. That'd be another great scene, just seeing the uh, the Rex hunting. Um, oh yeah. Out in that out in that game trail, and the baby's just sitting back under the shade of the tree here. Mhm. Um, I've always wanted to see a T another T Rex hunting scene, because the first one from the first movie is just so great. Just because we, it's so quick. It may, it puts the perspective the of the T-Rex attack on the main road into the idea that it's not a predatory attack, but really, really more of an investigative attack. Yep. Because the T-Rex is kind of, she's slow to come out, come out of the paddock. She's just kind of nudging the car, but it's really, the car is almost really more of a squeaky toy to her, you know? I mean, she nibbles at this, bites at that, kind of reminds you of a dog with a bone. But when she's hunting with the, with the Gallimimus, bing, bam, boom, it's like four seconds. Yeah. She, between the tree line to the time she bites down on the Gallimimus, it's like four or five seconds, and that's really how quickly it happens, too. Yeah, and we get we get Grant's line from the movie, T-Rex doesn't want to be fed, it wants to hunt, can't suppress 65 exactly. million years of evolution. Um, uh-huh. Got instinct. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it is sad that we haven't had it yet. Um, yeah. It's, it's sort of like the same thing with the raptors. Uh, it took until Jurassic Park 3 before they actually got them out in the open and let them run and put it on screen yeah. but again it's a it's a five second bit where they're not really uh they're not really clearly animated i'll say where they run out into the herd and more of the focus is of the people running slowly yeah. amongst the herd and being knocked over mm-hmm. by stampeding animals and it's just again it's sad you've you've waited until the third movie to show that and haven't really done it that well but um that's that's a discussion for another day I'd, yeah it'd yeah. just be great to see Especially here, you've got um, the game trail. The whole danger Roland's putting forward as being a game trail and hunters hunt on game trails. Mm-hmm. It'd be good to... Uh, even if it was a shot earlier in the day or something of the T-Rex making a kill of the power and taking it back to the nest, and that's why the uh, half-eaten one's back there. But again, runtime. They didn't want to have a three-hour movie. Yeah. I would have loved to, but... <laughs> Well, ever since that uh, advertisement of Trespasser came out with the T-Rex attacking the Stegosaurus, mm. I've always wanted to see that, you know? Yeah. I've always wanted to see that in a Jurassic Park game. I mean, or a Jurassic Park movie. Mm. Yeah, there's hope for Fallen Kingdom. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, we get the transition across, the camera moves across the, the footprint and the puddle um, to reveal Roland's face sitting there looking at it as well. And uh, he yells over his shoulder, Burke, get over here. Um, and uh, Burke grabs grabs a backpack or something from beside the jeep and uh, runs runs into the jungle to uh, stand mm-hmm. beside Roland. And that's where the minute ends. We're Which is go. funny because the next minute that we that we'll talk about where um where Dieter sh- uh, shocks the Comstock Mathis, it's actually you can tell it was filmed before uh, this before the uh, scene where Burke and Roland confer about the Tyrannosaurus footprint because it's uh, because there's the shot of that first shot of Burke, we see him coming away from uh, coming away from Dieter over there, and he's looking he's looking towards where the copy just ran off. Oh, okay. So Dieter is sitting there. I didn't notice that. Again, oh, yeah. <laughs> taking notes for the minute I was on me uh, on my phone at work. So <laughs> um, no, well that's yeah, that's that's interesting. The, the scenes have been reversed. Um, hmm Yeah, because I was going to say that the, uh, you got RJ and Roland there in a jeep that's not the command jeep, um, and then you've got no sign of the, the outrigger, yet in the next minute they're all just sitting there, um, having it, all Dieter's there having a drink of water and wetting his head in the tropics, but, um, Ludlow come pulls up in another jeep, so they got separated after the para was brought down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also it's also interesting that Roland's asking Burke, and we'll get to this in the next minute, but asking Burke if it's the uh, if he recognises the trackway just to confirm if it's T Rex or not. You'd, uh, yeah. It's sort of one of those animals that Roland's there to hunt and doesn't really know a lot about the animal, or uh, or to track it. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we'll get to that in the next minute. Uh, but until then, David, anything from Minute 38 you want to bring up before we get, leave? I think we're good. All right. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. All right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.